This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. I want to welcome everyone to our next episode of Marketing Jam. I'm super thankful uh, to be hosting the show. Today, we have an incredible guest who has recently been featured in Insight Magazine, which again, if you have not subscribed yet and you didn't get the latest issue with a beautiful little baby on the cover that actually has a onesie on that is fuzzy, uh, every issue of the magazine uh, has a tactile experience. So if anything, subscribe to Insight just to see what surprise they're going to throw at you with the print experience. Uh, it's inspiring. It's motivating to see what's possible with print today. And of course, inside of it is full of case studies, uh, stories, inspiration. And our guest today, Hilton Barber, um, has an article in here. And we're going to expand on some of the stuff that he talked about in the article, um, share about some of his insights and some of the work that he does. So, Hilton, thanks so much for being on the show. Pleasure to do it, Darren. So, give me kind of the, the summary. How did you get into what you do now? What's kind of your kind of origin story? So, I'm a, I'm a career-long marketer. Uh, my background comes from agencies and communications agencies. Um, and that's a 20-year career. And as I sit and think about it, it's like, oh, damn, that's a long time. Uh, but through the course of that career, the one thing that has struck me time and again was often the real impact of the culture of the clients that we worked with and the clients that we were trying to get great ideas through. And time and again, I was always struck by how much as marketing people we hadn't given enough credibility and credence to the actual culture of the organizations we were working with mm. and the organizations we were working for. And that's been a point of fascination for me for probably the last five or six years as I've expanded my career. So if you um, go into an organization, how long do you think it takes you? And again, you have extra good spidey skills and spidey sense to this stuff. How long does it take you to figure out if they have a good culture or a negative culture? Well, I think the important thing is, is unfortunately, the word culture really has come with a lot of baggage and probably a lot of misperceptions. I think a lot of people begin the conversation around culture by looking around and saying, well, we have a happy culture or we have a fun culture or our culture has vegan cookies in the cafeteria and we have a beer cart Friday. Well, the truth of the matter is that is not your culture. The truth of the matter is your culture is how your organization behaves and more importantly, how you make decisions inside your organization. That's your culture. And that's why I think for business people, if you're not looking very hard at your culture, you really are missing an opportunity to succeed and to set yourself apart. And as a marketer, are there anything more important than trying to succeed in the marketplace, and trying to be unique and differentiated. So for me, culture and marketing are a natural intersection, and we should be thinking like that more often. I had someone uh, interview at Jelly recently who asked about culture here, and I, was, I, I get asked that question all the time, and, I, and I, you know, it's like, we could say anything right now. And, and so, yeah. um, but I had someone come in and, and ask, say, hey, I think I know about your culture. Let me tell you, I went onto your glass door, and I read your Glassdoor review. So she goes, that was one indicator. But again, she's like, that's one indicator. 
But she said, more importantly, I went and checked out all your staff's personal social media accounts. So I went onto their LinkedIn's, I went onto their Instagram's, and I wanted to see how many of them shared about your company on their personal social media. She says, I feel like the, a good culture intersects personal and business and they're not scared to talk about their company. Would you say there's some truth in this person's insight? I think there's, I think there's absolutely something to be said by you are likely to thrive and succeed in a culture that reflects your own values, that reflects your own behaviors. I think that's just natural. And I think all of us can look back over our careers whether it's in the organizations we've worked or the organizations we've worked with mm-hmm. and seen where we've thrived, seen yeah. where we've naturally understood and naturally seemed to just fit. And mm. that fit part is quite important. Obviously, we've also all likely had experiences where we've gone into places and gone, I don't understand how decisions are made here. Yeah. I don't understand how they can talk about collaboration or teamwork, but I don't see any sign of it. In Mm. fact, I don't know how to succeed in this environment. And I think whether you're working inside an organization Mm. or as a marketer partnering with an organization, if you don't understand their culture and there isn't an alignment or appreciation of that culture, Mm. I think you're destined for some rocky roads. And that, again, is why I think we're we're not giving culture and cultural alignment as much importance as we should do, particularly those of us in the marketing profession. So I'm a, at an agency um, and I'm, I'm starting to, you know, woo a brand and we're starting to get to know each other and consider whether we'll, uh, you know, work together. You know, what are three things that I can be doing as an agency to kind of assess and to feel out to see if they're the right fit, if they're the right culture? Well, I think one of the very first things is to just have a candid conversation around probably important elements of your relationship. What does collaboration mean to them? Mm. What does teamwork mean to them? What does respect mean Mm. to them? Because I think, you know, if you consider any relationship you have, whether it's with your spouse or your friends, Mm. ones where you have an alignment or a at a minimum, an appreciation of the values and behaviors of each person, then you're more likely to have an alignment when you get to work together. Now, the obvious, the obvious reality is you're going to face some tough decisions. Mm-hmm. If you're not aligned, is the client worth the pain? Mm. By the same token, they may look at it and say, are you worth the pain and the turmoil? Mm-hmm. And that's a decision that only you guys can make. But I genuinely think that for any organization that is looking to succeed and looking to set themselves apart in the market, your first and best tool to do that is your culture. Mm. Because of the following things. One, it brings a cohesion to the way that you operate internally. There isn't confusion or there is less confusion. Mm. You're able to make decisions with more consistency. Mm. There isn't that notion of, well, today it's Tuesday, so are we being innovative or are we being conservative? Mm. It helps you attract talent. Obviously, it attracts, you'll attract the talent that will thrive in your organization. 
equally, you won't attract talent that will create a dissonance or disruption inside your culture. Those are all great things. Most importantly, those are all things that help your business succeed because hmm. it means more cohesion, better decision-making, more consistency. Those are all good things for any business. Wow. So I have uh, so I've an agency. I'm talking to the brand X, let's call them, uh, and they make cat sweaters, let's just say. That's kind of like they're, they're, they have the global market on and cat who, sweaters. And who doesn't want to make cat sweaters in the current pandemic? What a, exactly. I mean, what a breakthrough innovation. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, so I've asked them the questions that maybe I, I've emailed them to him or I've done it over the phone or over a Zoom chat. And I've said, hey, what's your definition of you know teamwork, collaboration, respect? Uh, what else should I be asking? Or what else could I be doing to make, see if we're a fit? Well, I think part of it is always in classic fashion, you know this, and I think we all know this as individuals. What you say is very easy. How you act hmm. is more important. Now, the reality of how you act is going to be an outcome of your culture. And I would suggest that as much as you're interviewing each other for a new assignment or to work together, mm -hmm. I think just genuinely spending time together and mm -hmm. talking about how, do we, how are we going to act in this situation? What mm -hmm. is critically important? You know, and I think what often happens, and this is a classic global thing, is that a lot of organizations, when you first meet them, will point to some wonderful poster behind the receptionist's yeah. head that says, here's our values. Yeah. You go, well, that's very interesting. They look remarkably similar to the values of the last company I worked with down the road. All they'll look like the same set of words, yeah. trust, integrity, et cetera, et cetera. And I would suggest most organizations, and certainly a lot of agencies, don't spend the time in actually explicitly defining what those values mean in terms mm. of the behaviors of our people. Mm. And I would suggest with respect, D, that how you and I might define words like trust, mm. elaboration, yeah. or leadership yeah. will be quite different based on our experience and what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. But if you can't define those words for your organization, yep. you're creating a challenge for your people, mm -hmm. you're creating a challenge for your partners, and you're certainly creating a challenge for those people you work with under stressful situations mm. because you don't have that respect and understanding of each other's behaviors and values. Mm -hmm. Again, you're setting yourself up for a rocky road. Yeah, that's really cool. I love those personality tests that uh, like Berkman and the Enneagram that talk about where your personality goes when you're stressed. Because there's all sorts of personality tests that tell you who you are and your strengths and, you know, who you are, you know, your blue circle or whatever, you know, ENFJ or ENFP or whatever. Yeah. But the ones that tell you, because I think we working in a work environment in any relationships, things go sideways and things can be stressful. Yeah. So knowing what someone's stress behavior is. So going back to the, you, you mentioned values, would you say values are the undergirding of culture? No, I would, I would still come back to time and again, there's, there's what's classically called your espoused values. Okay. Your espoused values are the ones that are on the wall. Yep. The ones that you put on business cards, and I guarantee you, if you went to any website, there would be some part yep. of every website of every client that says, we, we have it. Our we values. Ours are up on go. the wall right there. I can see them right now, printed off. 
Yeah. Spectacular. My question to you would be, in a meeting, in a discussion, in a debate, how do your people act and make decisions based on those values? And how consistent are they? Now, some organizations are incredibly good at that. Mm. And the behaviors do mimic those values. But that takes a lot of work and that takes a lot of consistency. And here's, here's the one thing that time and again, you know, I've, I've come around to and certainly seen many people reference, is that your culture, you really need to think of your culture as something that is asking two things from you as a leader. Mm. One is believability. Yeah. And the other is consistency. Yeah. Now, for a moment, think about that. Believability. Mm-hmm. When you tell me, the pandemic is not going to affect any jobs and there'll be no layoffs. Yeah. Do I believe you? Mm. When you say we're very excited to get this new client mm. that everybody knows has a reputation for being absolutely terrible to their mm. agent. How believable are you? Yeah. The second part is obviously consistency. When you act, do you act consistently? Mm. Are you consistent in the way that you engage feedback? Mm. Are you consistent in the way that you empower your team members to do their jobs? Or do you Mm. micromanage them? Because the Mm. reality is your culture, and by that Mm. I mean everybody in your company, is looking to you every day Mm. for signals of believability and consistency. Mm. And if you're neither of those things, Mm -hmm. then you undermine your culture from day one. and create difficulty and stress and you just add to the challenges running a business and you add to the challenges of actually making decisions quickly effectively and consistently so again believability and consistency is ground zero i think any culture to grow so what i from what i'm hearing saying if if the leader of the organization like the the ceo the, the principal whatever you call yourself these days um, if you are a person that has high believability and high consistency, you're, you, that's setting the culture right there. That's the tone that's kind of setting the, the undergirding for what the culture of that organization is like. Is that what I'm hearing you say? So that is part of it. Absolutely. There is no denying that people will look to the top of the food chain. Yeah. They will look for guidance. They will look mm-hmm. to the people who can either promote or discipline them and say, mm-hmm. what are their behaviors? And I mean, again, the, cl- the classic disconnects are, are organizations who say we, we don't condone sexism or racism or any kind of that thing. And then people look around and say, but how is it that our best performing sales guy is allowed to treat his EA in that fashion? Yeah. Again, that's consistency. So when people ask me, what are my definitions of, of culture? Mm-hmm. One that I come back to time and again is your culture is defined by the worst behavior mm. tolerated by your management. Wow. So consider that for a yeah. moment because that is the clearest signal of yeah. your culture. Mm. And I always come and I always come back, you know, to Reed Hastings. Reed Hastings, as you know, is the CEO of Netflix. And he has a very famous line about the culture at Netflix, which is well-regarded and highly celebrated. Mm. 
He said, do not tolerate brilliant jerks. Mm. The cost to your business is too high. Mm. And again, I think as pithy as that comment is, it does send a very clear and unambiguous perspective on if you want a culture that's cohesive, that makes great decisions consistently, that attracts mm-hmm. talent, and that can be attracts talent into your company or mm-hmm. attracts clients who want to work with you. Mm-hmm. You've got to be as rigorous about your culture every single day mm-hmm. as you about your finances, as you are about your creativity, as you are about everything else in your business. And in fact, I might suggest if you're as rigorous about your culture mm. as you are about your finances, mm. you might actually see that your finances improve mm. based on your culture. I would almost suggest that there is probably a quite linear relationship between those two things. And it sounds like what you're saying is it's not just about the ping pong tables and the, the avocado toast that lunch offered. It's, it's the heart issue. As great as those are. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. <laughs> No, it, I, I think, and, and this is often the trap that people fall into, is that they believe what I would consider are these bright, shiny artifacts. Mm-hmm. You know, we have open space. We are yeah. playing Spotify. And, you know, we've got a beer card Friday. That's fantastic. But I think the reality is, time and again, is that people want to be in an environment mm-hmm. where they know what their contribution is, yeah. They know how they add value and how the behaviors around them are consistent with their values. Wow. That is like- more important to com- people's commitment and to your culture. And I would suggest a thousand foosball tables would never um, supplant mm-hmm. a, a leader mm-hmm. who acted consistently and acted in accordance with the values that they say are important to the company. So it's almost like you're saying you could buy a great foosball table, a gold-plated foosball table, branded with your logo on it, or you could spend the money on getting really great reviews in place, really kind of consistent reviews that go both ways, both for your employees and the leadership. Yeah, and, and I would say if you spend more time making sure that your leadership team, yeah. and by extension the people around you, because you'll always find every organization has people that, that are commonly referred to as culture carriers. Mm-hmm. The people that are, you know, they don't need to yeah. be the top of the food chain, but you can look around and I guarantee you inside your organization, mm-hmm. you'll be able to say, you know what? Yeah. There is one of us. Yeah. And Bob is a really great, if somebody said to me, who should be, I should buddy up with yeah. in the first week, you'd go, yeah. it needs to be Bob. And in fact, yeah. I wish we could clone Bob. Yeah. And I think you need to look at those people and you need to be really diligent, Mm. committed, and consistent in finding what that is you're trying to create, what Mm. is the culture you're trying to create, and be explicit in defining it. Yeah. And be even more consistent in holding yourself, your other leaders, and Mm. the people around you to that. Because again, if your culture is defined by the worst behavior tolerated yeah. by management, yeah. I'm going to ask you, what is the behavior that you would stop tolerating tomorrow? 
yeah. to make your culture better. Wow. Then That's... get rid of that as quickly as you can. Wow. So the whole hire slow and fire fast, it sounds like at the minute there, you get some Absolutely. rot or decay in the, in the, the work environment, <laughs> cut off the rot. Exactly. Exactly. And, and again, it's, I think the, the way that I would look at it is, and particularly, I, I always come back to this as a marketing person, which is your culture can and often should be as unique and distinct as your business. Mm. And if you don't see it as a competitive advantage mm-hmm. in attracting new talent, in mm-hmm. winning new customers, mm-hmm. in winning new bids, new RFPs, I would suggest to you, mm-hmm. you are missing a trick. And again, you know, I think mm-hmm. we can look around the industry and say, well, I just need to hire a smoking hot creative yeah. team, or yeah. I just need to win this pitch with this client. And I would say to you, those are short term, those will be mm-hmm. short term gaps. Yeah. But if your culture is not right, yeah. you will you will lose more energy, you will lose more time, and yeah. you will probably make more inconsistent decisions than any other element of your business. I, I do find it more rare and, and, and surprisingly delightful when a brand wants to have those conversations. Like they initiate them and tell me about your culture and what's, what's it going to be like when this happens. Like the, the real smart brands that start asking those, those kind of like dating questions before you get married. You know, the things you would ask on a first date, right? Like, or maybe a second date or a third date, right? Before, you know, or, or during pre-engagement counseling. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the reality is, particularly in the work that agencies do or marketers try to do, there's a lot of stress. There's oh, a, man. There, there, is a lot of, there is a lot of confrontation. Yep. But the reality is it doesn't need to be yeah. higher and more intense than it is, than it is. Yeah. if you have an understanding and an appreciation of your respective cultures yeah. and you have the honest conversation about how are we going to work together? Yeah. And again, for culture, how do we make decisions around here? Wow. Are they collaborative or are they run by the person with the biggest title? Yeah. I would suggest you would want to know that at the beginning. Yeah. You know, do we genuinely do we genuinely commit to being innovative? Yeah. Which means we don't mind failing and trying again. Mm. Or do we say that we're innovative, but the truth is we've got no desire to ever fail at anything and we yeah. would much rather be hyper-conservative. I would suggest any relationship where you can have those candid conversations mm-hmm. that are ground in your culture, mm. you're off to a flying start. Uh, some great upfront confrontation can create a long-term success. Yeah. Absolutely. But I would suggest it's the same in any relationship yeah. that you have in your life. As you look to it and you say, how does this person behave mm-hmm. under pressure? How wow. does this person behave when something goes well? Yeah. And is that consistent? I would suggest the, all of us have moments where we've sat across from a potential colleague or a potential partner or a potential yeah. client and gone, I, I cannot respect the way that you treat your people. I cannot yeah. respect the way that you make decisions. We are doomed to start at a deficit. Yeah. I would suggest that that is, that is something that you should try to avoid at all costs. Mm-hmm. 
thirdly, before you dive into a brand new, this will save our agency relationship. Yes. Oh, man. I need to know, do you have any resources or uh, refer to any folks that are kind of can help organizations with this? Do you recommend anyone or any tools? Sure. I mean, I, I have a, about 100 books on the topic, as you can well imagine. I'm going to hold up two that are personal favorites, but shameless plug, you can always yeah. go to my website and there's plenty of resources there too. But here and, and, and what's the website? What's the website we can go to? Uh, HiltonBarber.com. Shockingly original, HiltonBarber.com. Yeah. Uh, and there's plenty of stuff there. But two, for anybody interested in this topic, I would suggest the following. This book, which is called The Insider's Guide to, to Change yeah. by a, an Australian woman called Siobhan McHale, I would strongly recommend. And for anybody getting into this conversation for the first time, this is always my go-to book, The Culture mm. Engine by a great friend of mine, Chris Edmonds. Yeah. The reason I would always suggest these two, they're very approachable. Yeah. There's lots of great frameworks in it. Nice. And they give a very consistent view of how anybody can take hold of their culture and create a winning culture inside their company. That's awesome, Hilton. We'll, we'll be sure to put the links in the uh, show notes as well. Hilton, this has been <laughs> yeah, incredibly valuable. I, I hope both brands listen to this, agencies listen to this, uh, marketing directors listen to this. I feel like this affects everyone you know, throughout the whole process. And even CEOs and the, and the business owners listen to this as well in ways that they can really see internal change be good for everyone they're involved with. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. And at any stage where I've got to compete with a baby in a onesie, yeah. I'm thankful that you reached out for this interview. Thank you so much, Steve. It's no, been it's a great. delight to share with you. So if you want to uh, read more, Hilton Barber, his article is in the latest issue of Insight. Uh, check out his website. It's going to be a link in the show notes as well. This was a great, uh, very convicting, uh, very provocative, uh, very pointed talk, which we've never had on Marketing Jam before about uh, something I would have never thought affects so much of what we do. But yeah, I, I, everything you've said resonates so well. How are the culture fits happening between you and uh, the vendors you work with? the brands you work with, the agencies you work with, uh, and maybe even internally. Maybe you're an in-house marketing person and uh, this has really affected uh, you as well. So check out those books. They sound amazing. Hilton, thanks again. This was awesome. And uh, we'll see everyone next week on Marketing Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.